0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: It is 7.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn. And uh, we have been spending today, like I said, reacting to the headline, um, unpacking the headline that... We now have Malaysia's 10th Prime Minister, Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim. And this is after four and a half days of a heck of a lot of meetings in hotels, the World Trade Centre, headquarters, meetings at the Palace, and an awful lot of uh, back and forths and false starts as well. Uh, We are shortly going to be speaking with Dr Tricia Yeo, CEO of Ideas. But before that though, um, let's see, who have we heard from today? Earlier we spoke with Syed Sadiq Muda, President and elected MP for MUA, during the six o'clock hour, we caught up with Datuk Sri Abdul Karim Rahman Hamza of GPS, as well as Dr. Afif Bahardin of Basatu. But earlier today on the station, Dashran Johan from the bigger picture spoke with Fami Fazil, Lembah elected MP and PKR information chief, for his reaction to the news of Anwar being declared the prime minister. Um, just briefly, here is an excerpt of his thoughts on this announcement.
2: It's quite surreal. Life, to some extent, must go on, and yet it is a tremendously momentous and historic day. Uh, It's something that, you know, for for many of us who've been in this fight, in the struggle, it's the culmination of 24 years of struggle, you know, like, uh, you know, starting out with five seats in 99 and then going down to one and then going up to 30. And then uh, getting into government and getting, you know, having government snatched away, and um, and at the same time, Anwar Ibrahim serving, you know, multiple prison sentences. So this is it, it's quite an historic day.
1: Dash also asked Fami to clear the air on which parties will be forming the government.
2: <laughs> to be to be honest and to be frank, um, I don't have an answer um because i was not at the majelis rajarat Raja meeting obviously but if we were to follow public statements that were given uh we are starting out with uh pakatan harapan with 82 including muda uh with uh bn 30 so that makes 112 and that already crosses the minimum majority with Warisan's 3 pbm 1 so that's 116 And then uh, now we see, given the position that uh, GPS and GRS have taken, uh, that puts us us in quite a, a firm and solid majority, inshallah.
1: Fami also spoke about whether this new government would be open to accepting Perikatan National if they do decide to come on board under a unity government. Now, just a quick mention uh, before we get to that clip from Fami that when we spoke with Dr Afif Bahardin earlier from Bersatu, he did say that at this moment in time, they are not part of the government, uh, that they are still waiting on those SDs. Uh, but in the meantime, here's Fami explaining what a grand coalition could potentially mean for check and balance.
2: I think... Um we don't entirely know the full extent of what it means at this point in time. I have personally not met up with Datuk Suryanwar. The last time I was with him physically in the same room was yesterday evening. Um, but to assess the political landscape now, I think we have to look at the statement from uh, Istana Negara. Uh, we have to, uh, to an extent, operationalize that, meaning make it Turn it into something concrete and practical. We have to remember the last time uh, an intervention from Istana was sought uh, was in July August of 2021, and one of the key things from that uh, missive and that decision, uh, the missive from Istana Negara at that time was, if uh, those who who lost don't lose everything, those who win don't win everything, and that stability is key. Uh, that was why at that point in time, Pakatan Harapan. Heeded His Majesty's advice to sign an MOU with the government of Ismail Sabri, um, but I think, given that the statement from Istanbul Negara came out really just half an hour ago, uh, I think we'd have to pass, we'd have to look through to understand what it means in full, and obviously since we now have a prime minister, uh, we will have to wait for any uh, whether it's comments or you know, some direction that he needs to give, political direction. Uh, So anything now, in terms of a political reference point, it would have to be with uh, the right honourable 10th Prime Minister of Malaysia.
1: That was Fami Fadzil, Lembah Pantai elected MP and PKR Information Chief. You can find the full interview titled Anwar Ibrahim, 10th Prime Minister of Malaysia, on our website. That's bfm.my as well as on the BFM app. Again, if you'd like to respond to today's news, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Call double seven double three two nine hundred. send a voice note or WhatsApp 18 tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we're going to be checking in with Dr. Trisha Yeo, CEO of Ideas. Keep it here on the evening edition, BFM
2: 89.9. Brainy, fancy material, BFM 89.9.
1: It is 7.14. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn, And we have been spending our entire show today reacting to, responding to, trying to unpack and contextualise the fact that after four and a bit days of uncertainty, we do have the 10th Prime Minister of Malaysia, Dr Sri Anwar Ibrahim. So um, we've heard from political analysts as well as party reps. Now we have on the line with us Dr Tricia Yeo, CEO of Ideas. Tricia, as always, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me again.
1: So in terms of configuration, um, how unprecedented is this new government?
0: Well, I very unprecedented because uh, in the past, well, if you're looking at the last election, at least in 2018, uh, it was a coalition of parties. Uh, what we're looking at now is a coalition of coalitions. Uh, of course, between 2018 and now, there were some strange configurations in which uh, pn and bn were also coalitions uh, was also a coalition of coalitions uh, government but i think this time you're really talking about very many multiple coalitions coming in together and of course the term unity government itself is unprecedented it was um, you know put up for proposal when Tun Mahathir, if you recall had stepped down in february 2020 but it never really came into fruition Um, The palace statement, I think we have to be careful though, does not actually make uh, reference to a unity government arrangement. So we do have to uh, wait for the press conference by Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim at eight o'clock later to find out what the actual term is of this government. Uh, And of course, at this point in time, we are still unclear as to which are the actual parties and coalitions within this government. Um, I I refrain from using the term unity government, which has not been referred to in the palace statement. Uh, So yeah, let's wait to see which ones are in and which ones are out. So
1: acknowledging that we still don't know fully who exactly is making up up the coalition in full, it is... But, uh, Pakatan Harapan and Barisan National. Um, at least we know that much. Um, and we're at a point where most of the people uh, or most of the leaders in each coalition have had an opportunity to be in government, albeit some for longer, some for shorter. Uh, based on that, what do we know of their respective track records in terms of governance?
0: Well, I think by now, um, both Pakatan Harapan and Barisan National have had a step at being in government, both federal and state. Uh, Anwar Ibrahim him, himself, of course, is the former Deputy Prime Minister, former Minister of Finance. Uh, PH as a coalition has been at state governments of Selangor and Penang for more than two terms. Um, and they had a 22-month stint at the federal government level. Uh, I think everyone knows about Barisan National. We don't have to go down there. They are truly an experienced coalition. So that combination is potentially a very strong and stable one but ideas released a statement earlier today uh, calling for even more assurances uh, for the public and investors on the very important issue of political stability so now the next thing that everyone's questioning is what um how long the coalition itself can stay in power what happens for example when amno has It's General Assembly held in December, which is about a month exactly from now, 24th of December. And what we have stressed on is the importance to assure us that the arrangement is here to stay for the full term in office. And uh, this hasn't actually been brought up by anyone. And I hope that this um, can be discussed, actually, having a sort of built in mechanism within the coalition agreement to confirm that this arrangement is here to stay for the full five years because, uh, you know, our economy and the situation cannot afford a sort of quick change uh, every month, every other month, even six months down the line. I I think we really need to get back on track in terms of uh, managing the economy. Uh, And not just that, we have the budget to pass for next year and that needs to be done before the end of this year. So...
1: Amidst uh, all of this speculation or or wondering about what form things are going to take, one main point, I think, is of course the Cabinet. Uh, What are you anticipating the Cabinet to look like with a coalition of this size? Uh, Should we expect to see a significantly larger one?
0: Um, I think, unfortunately, yes. I think that would be the expectation. Uh, I just want to recall as well that in the Pakatan Harapan manifesto, they did make um, a commitment to having two deputy prime ministers. I'm not sure whether this arrangement will still hold. So one from Peninsular and one representing the Sabah and Sarawak bloc. Uh, so let's see if that is going to be the case. Uh, in the statement that we issued, we also called on a leaner cabinet composition, uh, which would be able to perform you know, strict and regular due diligence on our ministerial portfolios And we also have consistently called on any government coming in to refrain from providing excessive political appointments into government-linked companies and federal statutory bodies as a way to reward political support. However, we know that um, that's quite uh, unrealistic. I mean, especially if you have so many senior members of so many different coalitions and parties to accommodate. I can imagine that the process of negotiation Is taking place right now and there are demands uh, for certain portfolios, especially the important ones like the Ministry of Finance, like METI, as well as the Economic Affairs portfolio.
1: So if we look at the messages, um, you know, the voice notes, messages, calls that have been coming through, there is a sense of optimism creeping in from listeners, uh, especially that Anwar is going to lead the country to a new direction. What kind of reformacy is he expected to bring?
0: Um, Well, I think the responses that we're getting, of course, are probably from the uh, very urban uh, English-speaking electorate. So we do need to also be aware that there might be a segment of the population who did not vote in either PH or BN uh, to take into consideration. Uh, I said before the government was announced that whatever the outcome is, um, it will not satisfy A percentage of the population. So that really needs to be dealt with uh, moving forward. Uh, But back to your question on what kind of reforms we expect to see. Well, I think it's quite clear. I mean, if we look at um, Pakatan Harapan's track record and its own calls through the many years of its existence, as well as what's contained within the manifesto, uh, the institutional reform list is very long Um, It's the longest as far as the manifestos, when you compare them side by side, uh, they will hopefully, and we look forward to working with them on this, um, include certain legislative uh, reforms such as the Political Financing Act, uh, the Fiscal Responsibility Act, Parliament Services Act, uh, the separation of powers between the Public Prosecutor Office from the Attorney Generals. and one thing we would like to also see is uh, something addressing fiscal consolidation. Uh, that's probably the trickiest thing to address. Um, I know that you know, restoring the GST was nowhere in any of the manifestos, but I think it's something that any government coming in needs to seriously think about because if we cannot afford to roll back on the expenditure, especially uh, targeted measures for the B40 or is it B50 now, then we really need to think about widening the fiscal base because there are no two ways about it, right? You either spend less or um, or raise more funds for, for the tax revenue purposes. So I think uh, the last part that I said, that's probably the riskiest and the least likely for them to do. But I do hope that forms part of the reforms that we're going to see as well. Trisha, I wanted to
1: return to your point um, about the fact that well, yes, if you look at Pak- uh, Pakatan Harapan and Barisan National, they technically uh, comprise the the popular vote. If you put those two percentages together, that there is a significant chunk of the country that did not vote for them. That there is also, uh, you know, I-, I think a not unreasonable level of ha- unhappiness or dissatisfaction with how things have panned out. And this is a question that I've been putting to almost everyone who's come on the show today. How, how can we... Kind of start to patch that up and make sense of that and move on from all this.
0: I think the Agong made a very clear statement. Um, you know, if we are to refer to Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim's uh, press conference after having met him, um, that he would like to see an inclusive government that represents all races and religions. So, if that's uh, something that has already been said and uh, dititahkan, right, from the hmm. Agong then I think that's something that all parties and all coalitions and all members of different communities really need to take to heart. Uh, this is the time to you know, heal those bridges, bridge that those divides. And I must say that um, it's going to be a really interesting coalition because what you have now is a PH that's more progressive and uh, inclusive in nature. And you have a BN that, of course, has been more attuned to Um, talking about race along racial lines. So with this combination, so basically you've got a coalition made up of political parties with very varied ideologies and different inclinations, right? Based on the narratives that they've put out, both in the campaign and otherwise. And now together, they will have to play that very important role of functioning as a government for all. Um, They have to play that leadership role in addressing these fissures, these fissures in Malaysian society that have been caused by polarisation, some of which were unnecessarily contributed to by the, the campaign. Um, that I think in campaigns, they, they do try to heighten up certain emotions and um, we need to kind of come back down to the ground. And those who had campaigned using those bases would have to also educate and inform their supporters that, look, um certain things that were said, maybe we didn't really mean them. Uh because we have to be careful. These things do have a trickle-down effect. Um and, and of course, of course, think tanks and CSOs, NGOs, all of us play a collective role in reminding each other that we actually have so much to fight for as a nation. Uh, we really need to to heal those wounds if there are any that exist.
1: And looking ahead then, To this coalition of coalitions, um, where might we see points of friction cropping up?
0: Points of friction, well, I can already see, um, you know, points of friction when it comes to economic policy because, um, you know, I go back to the GST just because that's something that many people ask me about. Uh, You know, this fiscal consolidation work and effort, the BN was the one who introduced the GST. Uh, pH was the one that rolled it back so on that point alone you know will the different economic hits from the different coalitions be able to see eye to eye on that I can expect that there will be some um, logger hits, logger hits already there as far as economic policy is concerned um as far as institutional reforms of course bN is not quite the main champion of it um, however I do think that there are enough reformists within BN and we saw that happening um, during the Ismail Sabri administration where several of them actually stood up and you know went ahead agreeing with the legislative reforms that were put on the table so on the one hand some friction when it comes to certain institutional reforms uh, even the political financing act I mean that's something that ideas has a lot of experience with um, there will be disagreements on what levels of transparency pr- transparency should be introduced within the act uh you know if we are talking about parties declaring their assets I'm sure the parties that have more assets will have a little bit more consternation over um what is contained within the bill so there will be points of friction but I also am quite positive and optimistic because of the kind of bipartisanship that was displayed, uh, during the Ismail Sabri administration. I think we saw a lot of progress made. Um, we saw, you know, both sides of the divide coming together to pass the Anti-Sexual Harassment Act. We saw that coming, them coming together for the only 18 lowering of the voting age and also for the anti-party hopping law. So I do think that, um, you know, the last two years, despite the instability and the the tension that it has caused many Malaysians, it has also resulted in something positive. And uh, I do also hope on the last note that there will be an opposition. Um, I know there's uncertainty now as to whether PN will be part of government, but I do hope that PN will stay in opposition because a government can only function well when it has a strong opposition. And I I look forward to seeing PN uh, play that role as a strong opposition.
1: Trisha, thirty seconds left with you. Is the anti-hopping bill a strong enough mechanism to keep this coalition going?
0: Well, I think it's. Uh, I think many Malaysians heaved a sigh of relief that there was such an act in the first place, because a lot of the bargaining would have happened without that act. Um, is it enough? Uh, it does a lot, certainly, pro- to provide some stability. But as I said at the very start of the interview, we need to have something more assuring. Uh, I hope that there will be a built-in mechanism. Maybe an agreement in the form of, maybe not a CSA per se, because you can't call it a CSA if it is a majority government, uh, but some form of an agreement or an MOU that is signed by the different parties to assure voters, um, investors, the business that we will have this government to stay at least for five years, uh, if not less, but you know, the full term is what we're hoping for.
1: Trisha, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you. That was Dr. Trisha Yeo, CEO of Ideas, responding to uh, the new Prime Minister of Malaysia. The news around that, BFM 89.9.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.